is, is Generosity Sunday, and um, I, I, I want to, to just tell you how grateful and thankful I am for all that you do from every person here that is a part of our dream team. We have over 50% of our church now serving some ca- in some capacity here in our church, and I'm, I, I got to say thank you. And I, I'm just blessed, I'm honored to be in one of the best churches in Sioux Falls. And, and it's not, not a building. I, I, let me, I, I, I phrased that wrong. I'm, I'm honored and, 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 and to be a part of a church that is so faithful, so giving, so generous. And so this morning, I took time. I want to kind of teach you uh, this thought, and it's the thought of, being living stones and that's the title of my message today and I felt like it was fitting uh, because all the things that God did and some of the things you're going to see here in a moment I wanted to kind of put together something that you would be able to to see it visually and and hear it as I kind of as it came to my heart and so we I want to say thanks to my son and my daughter who my daughter, especially, who stayed up till one o'clock with me last night, getting it all put together, and uh, I hope that you hear the heart of God in what. And I, and I want to again, I, I think God is looking and saying, "Hey, uh, you're doing well, but keep it up. You're doing well, but keep it up." And I want to show you what God's doing here at Harvest Church. You can look. You know, we're all a part of building this church. Every family, every person, every dream teamer, every giver, and every person that's ever prayed. And God is actually blessing it. You know, Psalm 65, verse 11 says, you crown the year with a bountiful harvest. And then it goes on to say that even the hard pathways overflow with an abundance. You know, when I think back, about all the things of 2019, the first thing that comes to my mind is we're doing a lot of things, but God's involved in all of it. God's making even the things that should be very difficult and hard, He's favoring them and blessing them. So the report that I share with the church today is really hard to believe. But in 2019, we had 63 people during our weekend service make decisions for Christ. And then through our missions giving, we were able to help missionaries share the gospel all around the world. In places like the Ukraine, we helped sponsor a youth camp. And 185 teenagers gave their lives to Christ for the first time. In Bulgaria, Our giving helped seven different churches lead 456 people to Christ during the past 11 months. In Turkey, which they say is one of the hardest places to present Christ, five people committed their life to Christ and one church was planted and established. In India, where we helped plant four churches and then support four local pastors, there were 24 people who committed their life to Christ. And then 152 people in East Africa did the same. Not to mention our support in Honduras, Japan, and Nicaragua. And even just a few miles away at a youth camp in Iowa, we were able to be a part of 108 children who made a decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. Our total salvations this year from our support as a church was 993 people. Our Kids and Coats giveaway was the biggest we've ever done to date, having more dream teamers, more coats, and raising more funds than ever before. Over a thousand people were a part of either receiving a coat, giving a coat, or purchasing a coat. And every year, our impact on our community has grown. And it's simply God making it happen. All told, we were able to give away over $61,000 to missions across the world this year to help reach people for Christ and to care for those in need. Even with all this significant investment that we made as a church to 
those around the world, locally, nationally, and internationally, we were still able to advance with our building campaign. On September 14th, we unveiled our building plans and completed our first phase in our journey to building in the spring of 2020. All told, we were able to raise another $79,000 designated towards our new church building, which will now seat nearly 400 people, have an amazing youth and children's area, and an inviting coffee bistro for all of you coffee drinkers. It's so amazing when you think back about how God is blessing our church. He has crowned this year with favor and he's made even the things that should be hard and difficult, he's just made them fertile. He's caused them to grow. And I believe Jesus is building his church. I've always believed that. But I also believe that he's using every one of us. Every one of us brings something unique to the table. You know, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 says, You are the light of the world, a city set on a hillside that cannot be hidden. You know, I think we ought to celebrate what God has done, but also continue to renew our vision to build God's house. And I think there will always be more vision than we do have resources, or more vision than we do have people to make it happen. But I think that's what keeps us trusting God. But when I think about Harvest Church, I've always believed the old adage, and that is that the sky is the limit. And the opportunity in front of us is better than it has ever been at any other time in the history of our church. And what we have to do is we have to, first of all, have faith. Believe that God can do even greater things than the things we just saw. And then I think we have to have passion where we know in our hearts that everything that we do is not just an event, but it's touching a person. And then I think we have to make a commitment that we'll pray, that we'll give, that we'll serve faithfully, that we'll just continue to work till Jesus returns so that we can see more people find him and come home. In a world that is so consumed with itself, more than ever, we need to take up our role as workers. The Bible calls us laborers in God's field. Now, I really believe that we can make a difference and make a mark on our city, our nation, our state, our world. And it happens when every one of us, when we do our part. I heard a leader say one time, that none of us are as good as all of us. And I believe that. But the question of the day is, are we willing to continue to lay aside our personal agendas to allow ourselves to be used in the very thing God is building here at Harvest Church? I think it's so easy at times to think about all that we're doing and then forget that it's all about Jesus. You know, when I was a, a young boy growing up in church, the church I grew up in would sing a hymn. And one of the hymns they sang was called, Jesus is Calling. And one of the lines I remember from that hymn is, you who are weary, come home. And when I think about all the results, all the lives we've changed, all the missions work that has been done, the building that we designed, the progress for the kingdom, all the results that we've seen over 2019, there's a tendency just to see the, the numbers or the results. But my deepest hope is that every number that we're able to see, that we realize that this was a wandering, or maybe a hurting, maybe a hopeless, or maybe a lost heart that has come home.
on, can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Father, thank you. We are so grateful. Amen. I want to say thank you for all your generosity. It's just amazing what God is doing through Harvest Church. Um, I'm very grateful um, in this being Generosity Sunday. I share that not, not so that we boast on our credits. Father, please, if you'll move here, understand why we share that. It's just, I pray that we keep going. Um, and I want you to know what God is doing, not just in our church. I think sometimes we get so inward focused. That's been my, my struggle over my growing up in church. One of the struggles I had coming back to, I, I kind of left, some of you know my testimony. I, I grew up in a pastor's home and I just ditched that. And, and just went my own way. But one of the struggles in coming back was this whole idea of this every denomination being so much about themselves. Um, I had a conversation with a pastor years ago when they had started a church, and, and they had named their church something, and I just said, and we got into this discussion about things, and, and I just said, I just, I just see it differently. I see the church should never be about the church. The church should be about what God's purpose is from the church and for the church. Are you with me? And so I don't share that, any of that to boast on us, but that, um, that we can get or we can have this understanding that we're all a part of something that God is doing, something special here at Harvest Church. And we've never seen what we're seeing at Harvest Church. And we've been going a long time, but it was when, I think it's when we started operating in the true gifting that God called us to that we actually started seeing God do something great. And, and, I, and again, um, I think God is doing something special, and, and it's not, this is, it, I, I, my heart is that you understand it's not we, it's he, um, and that he gets all the glory. So with that in mind, I want to share with you just for a few minutes this thought about being this living stone, and that you and I are living stones in the kingdom, that we're not only building something, but we're all a part of this something. And I heard a story years ago, and I shared this before, but I want to share it again. I heard a story about, I, I, in a, I was in a ministry setting, and they, they, this minister shared this, this thought, and he just said, I'll just kind of paraphrase it down. I think it was kind of a, a funny joke, but I don't remember the, the punchline. Um, so <laughs> I'll just share it from my perspective. And that was, that he says, there were three guys who were laying brick and building a wall. And uh, the guy walks up, well, another guy walks up to the first guy and he says, what are you doing? He says, I'm laying brick. And then he goes to the, the other guy and he says, what are you doing? And he said, I'm building a wall. And he goes to the third guy and he says, what are you doing? And he says, I'm building a great cathedral. And that spoke to me as that how all were doing the same job, but they all had a different perspective of what was happening. And my hope for us is that our, our perspective, if, if, because I think there's some of that in the church world, right, where we all have a perspective of the church, but it's sometimes very different. And I've always said if I could just, I, I teach it in the first step of growth track like this, and that is that if everybody in here came in from a different church background, right, right? So if you said I come from Lutheran or I came from the Catholic or I came from a Baptist background or I came from a Pentecostal background or I, whatever it may be that you came from, Right. If, if we could ever get everybody on the same norm, going the same direction, even though we've had different backgrounds, we used to our worship is different than somebody else's or our, the message and how pastor just left the pulpit. He's down here on the floor now. That's weird. Right. I'm sorry. I'm kind of a Roman. I'm a free grace, free grazer. Um, the idea for me is that if we could just get past those things of how we did church and how we should do church and just get beyond that and just have one simple norm, I've always believed that the perspective would change and we would see things that God wants to do. And it would just, it would just be so much easier. The flow would be easier. And, and so I, I, that's how I, if you would, that I see it. I, and I think if we could just see the enormity, maybe say it like that, the enormity or the urgency of what God has called us to. I think our per perspective would shift. And that's my prayer, is as we close out 2019, 
And I know we're all focused on Christmas and the New Year's and the things that we have in the life. I know everybody here, is, your agenda is so busy. But just for a moment, I, w- I want you just to hear my thoughts today or hear the, the Lord's thoughts, if you don't mind, because I, I really want, I feel like God wants to say. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5, it says, You also, like living stones, you also like bricks, if you would. You also like building this cathedral, are being built into a cathedral, a spiritual house of your own. To be a holy priesthood, I want to stop right there. Priesthood is simply a fancy Bible word for saying that that when you do what your, your part is, when you do what you're called to do, you're a minister. That's simply kind of the the way it's, the Levitical line would write it would be, hey, when you're, you're a holy priesthood, you're a holy minister, that when you do your part, you're a minister, meaning that when you come to the building, when you come to the house, you become a priest in what you do. So if you're greeting someone, you're a priest. If you're cleaning the church, you're a priest. If you're teaching a child, you're a priest. If you run a computer, you're a priest. If you're an usher, Right. In all of those things, we're a minister in all the things that we're doing and we're being fitted into the house brick by brick or stone by stone into the wall and a holy priesthood. But notice the last line of the scripture. And I want to I want to use that closing line as kind of a closing challenge today. And that is that he says that we're offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. That when we do all of that, that when we do all that we're called to do, we're offering a spiritual sacrifice. We're offering something. And it's going to cost us something. No, that's not something that our, it seems like our generation doesn't want to hear anymore, is that whatever you have in life, has, it, if it's worth anything, it will cost you something. Ask anybody that's, that's gone to college and now has a degree in earning a living with that degree, I can promise you it wasn't an easy road to get there or they're with us. Uh, and, I, and listen, you, you're more than welcome. You will never make me feel bad if you agree with something today. Um, I'm from the South, so we like a little bit of feedback. We, it's a preach better. I probably preach shorter and you'll go home earlier. <laughs> Somebody cast that demon out. All right. But they're spiritual sacrifices, ones that are acceptable to God. So we're thinking it through. We're not doing it randomly. We're thinking it through. We're intentional about it. And I want to call us all to that this morning, that everyone here should be, and I hope you are, when it comes to the things of God, living lives of intentionality. That for the rest of our days, we're going to offer something to God that is acceptable to him. And as I was trying to package this in a way that I felt like it was from God and wanted what God wanted me to say, this is what I felt like the Lord said to my heart. And, and that is that all of us are at different levels with God. And we see that in, in so many different ways. But we are, right? Some of you, right, you've been here for a long time. And you've been here since day one, and I'm so grateful. And I'll talk, it's the original dream team. How many? We're eight of us. And um, I, I'm so grateful for that eight who prayed and stayed. <laughs> and because, uh, man, I didn't know what I was doing. And they probably knew better of what I should be doing than what I actually knew to do. And yet we, we look around what God is doing, right? But they've been here for a long time. Then you have those of us that are, that, right, we're, th- th- and that are highly involved. And then there's those that are, they're not quite sure, right? We're, we're still kicking the tires. We're still a little skeptical. And listen, skepticism in the church, I get that. That's, that's kind of what I was saying earlier. I, I understand that tremendously. But there are different levels for all of us for making a difference and living a testimony or living to being a living stone. So I thought I would package this message in the form of a challenge, considering these different levels, if you will. And that is that 
that some of us just need to think through this first thought, and that is that in doing what we should do. See, there's, there are things that, and, and that's some of us, where we, we, have a, we just need a starting point in making a difference. Right? There's some that have been in it for a long time, and they're, they're making a difference, right? But there's some of us, we just need a starting point. We haven't even had that thought in our, in our minds of our life actually impacting somebody else's life. So I would say to you that there's a baseline or a beginning point. And it's the place where you say, I'm not, I, I'm just going to start. And listen, this is what I try to tell, when I was a youth pastor, I used to tell young people, you don't have to go change the world. I hear all that, right? We're going to go change the world. You don't have to start there. I'm going to go change the whole world. Okay, come back to me in a couple, a couple of hours and let, let's start somewhere. Are you with me? Let, let's just start somewhere. And here's the thought I want you to grab with this point, and that is that how you start determines what more you can do. Meaning, doing what you should do plays into the other things that can happen in your life. You catch that? That we need to be faithful in what we already have. Um, I'm going to jump on something that, that many people in the church never want to hear pastors talk about, but it, it gives us a great illustration of this. Since I'm on Generosity Sunday, I might as well talk about it, right? And that is giving, right? Um, you know, with giving, it starts with the tithe. The Bible talks about the tithe. And for a lot of people, that just seems legalistic. Or about someone, or about a pastor talking about the tithe means he's trying to get my money. And that, to be honest with you, for me, it's never been about a requirement. I, 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 I give just like any, anybody that's a, that's a giver, that that realizes this is not a legalistic thing. I actually, I just believe that 2 Corinthians um, says that every person should, should already decide in his heart what he's going to give and then give that generously, give that joyfully. It's genuinely, it genuinely has been the honor of my life to give back to God that which is already God. And I know, listen, that, that's part of my gifting. I, I, that is, it's part of who I am. You can ask my family. It's, it, that's a gifting in me. I love giving. I love that part of it. But for some of you, that just needs to be your starting point. Let me illustrate it, okay? From time to time, my kids will come and they'll say, uh, Dad, can I have $20? <laughs> I have one kid who would come and say, Dad, can I have some money? And I'd say, how much? And they'd say, how much you got? And uh, and so they, can I have, and I'm more inclined to say yes to that, right? If they want to go to a movie or they want to hang out with friends, they're going to go eat some ice cream, whatever it is. I'm more inclined to say yes to that if if they already been faithful to clean their room, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? I'm just throwing this illustration. When you're faithful to do what you've what is already asked of you then I'm more inclined to give to you. And I'm just going to say this. I know people say, this has nothing to do with salvation. I want you to clear that out of your mind because God is just freely giving. But when it comes to you going, God, I just need, I want, I have, please, 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 God, right? God's more inclined to bless as you have been obedient in the things that he's asked you to do. Are you guys with me? Right? I'll, I'll give it, you, you say, Pastor, where's that in Scripture? Okay. Uh, Luke chapter 16. Whoever can be trusted with very little, he can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much. So if you've not been trustworthy with handling worldly wealth, who? And I think God's included in the who. Who will trust you with true riches? Now, he's very specific about money, but, he, but I use the scripture not just about money, but in general. That when we're faithful with the little things, the starting things, then I think God trusts us with other things. Thank you for all the shouting response. But, but, but I can prove it to you. I think God is proving that to Harvest Church. That when we say, okay, God, we will trust you. I'll never forget. I got to say thank you to a board 
years ago that said, you know what? When, when, when I approached them with a, the agenda that says, hey, every dollar that we bring in, we should tithe on that dollar. If we're, right? we, we should be good stewards to tithe on that. And at that moment, the board looked at me and said, you're right. I'm grateful for these the great people on our board because, man, they just said, yeah. And from that moment, God started proving himself to our church. Are you with me? When I think about last year, we, we were able to do great things and, and, and wonderful things and giving in our missions about the same as we were this year. But on top of what we did in our missions, we were able to raise so much more money to our building fund. And you need to be praying with me that in the spring of 2020, the city is going to get rid of some things and, and we're going to advance and we're going to break ground. We'll put a shovel in the ground and we'll move forward in evangelism. But how is that? That's because God. God does those things. Right? God does those things. Giving to those in need. God's proving that to us. Then God says, you're trustworthy with more than that, so let me give you more. Let me give you more. God wants to bless his kids. So how do we get there? Here's the challenge that God gave me in this first thought, doing what we should do. And that is, we get there by faithing. Faithing. I think, I just think it takes faithfulness. There's a scripture in in Acts chapter 2 that says, even though we are faithless at times, he remains faithful. He remains faithful. And at the end of the day, I want God, the, the scripture that woke me up one day was one, I think many of you have heard it, is that it's not everybody who tells me, Lord, Lord, is going to get into heaven. And I went, oh, well, what am I going to do? Because I've called you Lord, right? And then it started dawning on me what God was really asking of me. And it wasn't that he was asking for my, you know, oh, I want you to give to me or I want you to attend a weekly service. It's that I just want you to be faithful with the things I've asked you to be faithful with. To the call. Here's the second one. And that is doing what we should do. Meaning we don't have to do it. Even though, and matter of fact, the Lord isn't even requiring us to do it. But we could do it. Doing what we could do. It's the next level in making a difference. Meaning I don't have to do this, but if I did, could I take could it take me to another level than where I'm at now? You know, one of the greatest pleasures in life is knowing that you did. I think for me, I'll say, I, I won't include anybody in this, so just for me, one of the greatest pleasures in my life is actually doing something and knowing that it cost me something to get it done. It actually is. I actually find myself going, gosh, it. If I achieve something, if I spend time doing something and I get it accomplished, I look back and go, what did that cost me to get it done? And I actually enjoy that. I don't know about you, but I enjoy it. I look back at the, the idea of the work of it. And so I, 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 you can't, and, and I say it like this, that you cannot make a difference without it costing you something in life. You can't. No differences are made without some kind of cost attached to it. Let me give you an illustration. Some of you like to um, frequent the local restaurant, right? So you go to, or fast food restaurant, right? I, I, I don't indulge, but um, I'm just kidding. But some of you love the, the Burger Kings, the McDonald's, right? Uh, we, we like to go to those places. And, and from time to time, at least once a month, I'll do this. Uh, I have people in my life that I'll do this for or complete strangers. If I can afford it, I'll do this. And that is I'll pull into the, uh, the, the, uh, the line at one of the fast food restaurants and I'll say, hey, I'll look in my rear view mirror first to make sure that, you know, there's not a family of 25. And, uh, <laughs> and I'll, I'll hand th- this card to the lady at the window and I'll ask for their bill and I'll pay for the people behind me. Right. And some of you have gotten that right. You picked up the cards out there and and you're doing that. And, but I would challenge you this. This is the time of the year to do that more than any other time. If you can afford it again, if the guy behind you is buying everybody in the office at breakfast and you, you may want, you know, if your budget doesn't afford that, then you may want to consider. But it, it, but my point is, it isn't something that we have to do. It may be something that we could do. 
something we could do. And then, and listen, I was talking to some pastors this week, and, and, and one of the things that we, we were talking about and, and sharing was that the body of Christ is so quick to go to the world to, and to the government and to all these things to, ha- to ask for so much back. And I'm like, when is that going to switch? When is the church now going to go and be generous instead of asking for everything back? Are you guys with me? I've always been the believer that the church should be meeting the needs of people, not asking the government to meet the needs of the church. I know I'm a little soapbox there, but. And I think that it's not something we have to do. It's not something we should do. It's just something we could do. And really, that's what this summary is all about. For me, it says Harvest Church is not satisfied at a baseline level. We want to go do more. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3 says, They gave as much as they were able, so what you're able to do, and then they went beyond their own ability entirely. They weren't prompted by some pastor. <laughs> they weren't, oh, I'm moved upon by the emotions of some television evangelist to do something because it's going to be closed down if we don't do it. I'm not moved by that. I'm entirely on my own giving what I've decided in my heart to do. And if I could do it, it takes me from the baseline to a whole other level. See, they urgently pleaded. They said they urgently pleaded with us the privilege of sharing in the service. The pastor didn't have to go to the church. The church came to the pastor and said, hey, we want to do more. Now think about that. Here's the key word to this one. Here's the challenge, and that is it takes sacrifice. Sacrifice. Making a difference. I think I put this in there. Making a difference can never just be what everyone does. At some point, it has to go beyond that. I want to I read you something. My wife's helping me. She didn't know I was going to do this, but she knew I would love this, and she wrote me an email and sent it to me. But I think it fits here. And maybe you've heard this before, but this is uh, this is an email that I got from her, and I don't know where she found it, but it's called Church is Hard. It says, Church is hard for the person walking through the doors, afraid of judgment. Church is hard for the preacher's family under the microscope of an entire body. Church is hard for the prodigal soul returning home, broken and battered by the world. Church is hard for the girl who looks like she has it all together, but doesn't. Church is hard for the people who fought the entire ride to the service. It's an unfamiliar word. Church is hard for the single mom surrounded by couples holding hands in seemingly perfect form. Church is hard for the widow or the widower with no invitation to lunch after service. Church is hard for the deacon with an estranged child. Church is hard for the person singing worship songs overwhelmed by the weight of the lyrics. Church is hard for the man insecure in the role as a leader. Our church is hard for the wife who longs to be led by a righteous man. Church is hard for the nursery volunteer who desperately longs for a baby to live. Church is hard for the single woman or the single man praying for God to bring them a mate. Church is hard for the teenage girl wearing a scarlet letter, ashamed of her mistakes. Church is hard for the sinners. Church is hard for me. It's hard because on the outside, it all looks shiny and perfect. Sunday best in behavior and dress. However, underneath those layers, you could find a body of imperfect people, carnal souls, and selfish motives. But here's the beauty of a generous church. Church isn't a building, mentality, or expectation. Church is a body. Church is a group of sinners saved by grace, living in a fellowship of saints. Church is a body of believers bound as brothers and sisters by an eternal love, not earthly love. Church is a holy ground where sinners stand as equals before the throne of grace. Church is a refuge for broken hearts and a training ground for mighty warriors. Church is a conveying and a confrontation and a confrontation and invitation where sin is confronted and hearts are invited to seek restoration. Church is a lesson in faith and trust. Church is a bearer of burdens and a giver of hope. Church is a family. A family coming together, setting aside differences, forgetting past mistakes, rejoicing in the smallest of victories. Church, the body, the circle of sinners turned saints is where he resides. And if he asks, 
He is faithful to keep you if we are. So even on the hard days of church, the days when I am at my odds with a friend, when I walk in bearing burdens heavier than my heart can handle, yet making the pain or masking the pain with a smile on my face, when I've worn the pressure of all the world under the microscope, when I've longed for a baby to hold and fought back tears as the lyrics were sung, when I've walked in afraid and broken and, and, and after walking away, I'm, I'll remember he has never failed to meet me at the church. Listen, I only share that because at the end of the day, it's not, it, it, we're only making a difference when we go beyond what we should do to doing something that we could do. That's the church. It's not doing what we should do. I got to go hang out at the church because I got to be the greeter today. No, you're a minister. You're a royal priesthood. Somebody who's planting. You're not just building a wall. You're not just a brick. You're a living stone to build a cathedral for the things of God. And God is not just doing it at Harvest Church. He's doing it in places like East Africa. He's doing it in Japan. He's doing it all around the world where 993 people came to know him. That's the most exciting news I could hear today. That's what God wants to do. That's what's in you. Amen. Thank you for that golf clap. Appreciate that. <laughs> there will always be something required of us in order to make an impact. Always. Hey, let me say this. If it weren't true, if that was not true, then everybody would be doing it already. And it's not comfortable at times. But we don't do it because we're comfortable. We do it because it matters. We're living stones. We're not making a wall. We're making a difference. I'm sorry, I'm passionate about it. So go to the level where we do more, which is what many of us have been doing. Many of you are already there. But there's still another level, and I want to give you that. There's still another level of making a difference, and that is the third one, and that is doing what we would do if. Meaning, I would, let's say it like this, I don't have it, I can't really do it, don't really have the know-how, but Lord, if you ever did blank, I would do blank. Let me tell you who this level is reserved for. It's reserved for dreamers. I put this one in there because I feel, my wife has told me many times, and I'm very grateful for her because at times I'll tell friends and idiot, but she'll say, I love your dreams. I always dream. I always, and I'm not talking about my sleep. I'm just, I'll share something with her. And she's like, thanks, babe. But I'm, I'm just been a dreamer all my life. That's going to be rough. That's going to be hard. She's like, man, you, what a shock to be here. I always want to dream God-sized dreams, some things that may never happen. But I think God loves it when his kids say, God, if you ever entrusted me with this, I would do that. Let me make this parenthetical thought, though. In order to say that, you have to be faithful in what he's already given you. And listen, there's no limit to what God can do in our lives. God has all the resources. Think about this. God has all the resources. God has all the blessings. God has all the money. God has everything you can think of. God has it. But let's ask this question. Who would you give it to if you were God? I tell you who I'd give it to. I tell you the person, the church, the dreamer. That would be something different. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says, now he who supplies seed to the sower, I'll say this again, God does not supply seed to all. If he wants to, man, I just, everybody's hand up, right? It says, he who supplies seed to who? Sowers. And bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. 
You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And if you're sitting here today saying, Pastor, I'm not rich. If you make together combined household income of $41,000, you are in the 1% of the world. 1%. What we consider people in the 1% in America to be rich. And that's what we are in the 1% of the world. Now, to me, that is the line that brings balance to this whole prosperity gospel. So I want to just balance this real quick. And that is because what he says, God doesn't want you to prosper so that you increase your standard of living. He wants you to prosper so you increase your standard of giving. Right? I'm going to make you rich so that on every occasion you can be generous. Giving. God does not want to prosper you so you can go, look at my brand new. God wants to prosper you so you can go, look at my generous. And you don't have to say, look at it. You can say, God, because of you, I'm giving it. And that's what Harvest Church, we're not trying to show off by what we're doing. We're trying to be a city set on a hill, a light that people can see. And listen, I pray this every day. I do. I pray things like, God, thank you for your blessing. Thank you that you're blessing others. Thank you, God, that you're. And I always pray, God, bless us more than what you blessed us this year. Always, every first of the year, I always pray that very statement. God, bless us more this year than you blessed us last year. And here's here's one of the things that I've put in my prayer list over the last two years, and some of you need to add this to your daily prayer, and that is, God, trust me. Because if I'm not trustworthy now, teach me how to be trustworthy later. Because God needs you to prosper so that he can prosper and reach another 993 people. And here's the key word, here's the key word that makes this happen. And this is where some of you need to raise this level, this other level. And that is the key word is faith. You need faith. Faith. I want to close with this verse because I'm over time. That those that are living stones, the church that is making a difference, what they do is this. In Psalm 112, it says this is they share freely and they give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever and they will have influence on others. I put that last scripture in there because the scripture I put in my vision this year is that God, I want to be that person. I want to be that person in the body of Christ because at the end of the day, it's not, it's not the, I don't want to say, it's not, I'm not trying to leave a legacy about me. I'm not trying to do good deeds that it's all about me. But he says that they'll see the good deeds and remember it, but that you'll have influence. I, I only want influence. <laughs> I really want to only influence people for the kingdom. That at the end of the day, that people don't just come to a church and go, I, I raised my hand, I said the prayer after pastor, I signed the card, and then I didn't show up anymore because I'm good. I, I, I really want, I want to influence people that that, that is, that's not salvation. What salvation is, is letting God do a radical change in you. Accepting what he did for you. I've never wanted to build a church for me. If you make it big, great. If you make it little, okay. But whatever you do, make it good. Make it good. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me. Just for a moment. Father, I'm so grateful for all that you've done. I pray, God, for this word. I know my passion is strong when it comes to days like this and generosity. But one of the things I go back to is how generous you are to me. somebody else's level? No. But what I have, what I've I've done, God, you just you just bless me. And so 
Father, I pray, God, help me to be a good steward by blessing others, not hoarding for myself, not trying to do all about me, but blessing others. Because you know that I'll give to you. But one of the ways that you were so generous to me was that you gave me your life. You you simply said, I'm gonna I'm gonna take every sin, every guilt, piece of guilt, every area in your life that's dark and, and, and in bondage and has a stronghold over it. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that. If you'll give it to me, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna just change your life. And you stretched out your arms and you you hung on a cross and you bled and you died and you rose again so that I didn't have to pay for my own sin. So today, God, you filled the gap. I guess that's the question I want to ask this morning. Is have we accepted that part of your life away? Because we can't truly give it away until we truly have received it. So today, God, you're knocking at the heart of somebody here today that they would see you not the stuff but you and they would say God I don't need you I need I need kind of a doing my own thing living my own way forgive me I receive your love receive your mercy. I receive your grace. Become the Lord of my life today. And Father, let let the old Lord become a part of our heart. That no matter where we go, the right or the left, that your, your word will be a lamp, it'll be a light to guide us. I thank you, God, for the generosity of giving your son so that I could give my life back. And Father, today, Lord, that's what I do. I commit my life, my heart, my family, my treasures, my time, my talents, all to you because all that you have given me. I thank you, God, for everything you do and everything you've done. I thank you, God, for the great things, the testimony of Harvest Church. Father, thank you, Lord, that you've done so much. And we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise and thank you? Can you thank him today? Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I love you, Father. I love you. I'm again I'm so thankful for all your giving, for all that you've done, but what we're continuing to do across the world. Small church like Harvest Church, and God is doing some great things through you and through us and giving, and I just want you to know that we're trying to be good stewards. The board and I, and those that are involved, we're trying to be good stewards and trying to do what God wants us to. We're really trying to be sensitive to the voice of God. But we need your prayers, and I promise you we're, we're, we're human. We blow up sometimes. But at this time, I want us to continue to be generous. If you're a guest here, we don't expect you to give, but you're part of Harvest Church. Let's close out. Next, we have three Sundays left, I believe, in well, two Sundays left, I guess, uh, in December. And I want us to close out strong. I want us to continue to give, continue to sow. And whatever we give, um, we'll continue to give. It. That number that we gave to missions will go up before the end of the year uh, because of your giving. And so we're so grateful for it. And let's just take that stock, whatever it is, whatever baseline you have to start at, right? God doesn't expect you to go change the world. Start where you are, right there. Let's give to him. Father, thank you, Lord, as our usher today for all that you have given to us. And thank you, God, for generosity. We're so blessed by you. We can't outgive you. And Father, over the last hour and 15 minutes that we've been here, I just pray, God, that you would, you would instill something into our hearts. There's things that we should be doing. There's things that we could be doing. And there's things that we would do if you would get involved. Father, I thank you today that, Lord, that we're whatever level we're at, we have a baseline. We're starting somewhere. We're going to start somewhere. And we realize that the start, 
Father has the ability to affect the rest of what we receive and what we do. And Father, today, God, we're generous. Not generous because we look at us and we stand out and how great we are. We're generous because we love you. And that's all good. We'll give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I think you may receive the offering. God bless you as you give to the Lord. I'll remind you in that one minute as they're receiving the offering, next week is our Christmas candlelight service. Put that in your calendars. I know if you're saying, Pastor, I'm restarting our family Christmas that day and we can't be here. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. This will be a special event. It'll be a great time. Uh, come be together with your family and with the Cooch family. I know you'll have a good time. And then also be rem- remembering the first of the year, our January 5th, where we start our prayer and fasting. I only mention that one because the idea is, is that we really want to pray over you. And if you can make the the early morning prayer, come be with us. Even if you can only make it for 30 minutes, I know you'll have, it'll start your day out right. It really will. And then the other thing I didn't mention is Growth Track starts also January, the first Sunday of January. I'll be teaching that first week. If you've never been through Growth Track, you're like, what is it? Well, we'll just tell you about our church. Talk about what it means to be a part of Harvest Church. We'll go through some leadership things. We'll talk about your gifting or personality, how those flow together. We'll give you some tests on that. Well, you can't fail. Um, and then we, we want you to be a part of the dream team. And so those four weeks, if you can't make it all four, we'll have it, we'll have it another time as well. Stand with me if you would. God bless you. We pray you go with the Lord. Have a great Sunday together with your family. We'll see you right here next week. 1030, you are dismissed.